you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Total Access, the locker room. Today, we've got a Super Bowl champion, author, filmmaker, and so much more. Martellus Bennett joins the show today. Jeezy, he has a lot for us, big dog. Yeah, Mike Robin, and, and this is usually where we'll pick out one thing, each of us, that our guests said and said, hey, make sure you stay and hang in there long enough. for th- There's no one thing you can pick out here um, when you're talking about Martellus Bennett, who you just just go and then he just goes and everything he says is insightful just listen to the whole thing i'm not even going to direct you to the five minute mark ten minute you got to listen to the whole thing and soak it all in jeezy we got a good one today uh, a super bowl champion uh, a filmmaker an author and i just heard he's a rapper as well uh some people call him marty b but his name is martellus bennett big dog welcome to the total access podcast What's up, y'all? I, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a rapper. I just like to make music. <laughs> but, so you're yeah. not a rapper. You kind of rap-ish. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of rap. Yeah. No, I like. I lo- I grew up as you can see the tattoos. I grew up in playing an orchestra, so oh. I've always had this ear for music, and I've always made music, and it's like my favorite hobby to like just go. When I was playing for the Cowboys, random story. When I was playing for the Cowboys, I used to be in an alternative hip hop group called the Moonshine Kids. Which Get we the hell t- out of here, man! Yeah, an alternative hip hop group. Yeah, it was like on some nerd type, like some yeah. kind of like skater punk um, rapping, backpack rap type thing. And, you know, we used to be in this band and it was, and I used to travel and perform. And like teammates used to come to see me do shows and stuff like that. So we used to travel all over Texas. Like Thursday night, I might have a show. So guys would come, do the, come to the show during Man, the game. Get but- the hell out of here, Marty B. Dog. You were playing in the National Football League as a tight end, and you were traveling with an alternative hip-hop group at the same damn time. Please tell me that's not what I just heard. No, that's what I was doing when I was playing for the Cowboys. So I would have shows in the middle of the season. I'd be like, yo, we performing tonight, Friday night. You guys should come by, and guys would come by, and they'll come by the show, like Ratlib, D-Ware. And also used to sell art in the locker room. So I used to do art shows while I was playing at the same time. And it's a, I know you like the locker room story, so I'm going to tell you a locker room yeah, story. God, I almost ended up with someone getting that 
kicked, right? So <laughs> I used to bring art. I used to sell art because I'm like, yo, my teammates got money. They're not really in the art scene, so I should be able to sell art to them. Yep. So I started going to them to, like, I would bring art. I would paint, like, the night before, and I would bring the canvas to the locker room and sell it. Like, I mean, Jerry bought art, DeMarcus, Jay. Like, I sold art for what? a lot of people. And I sold a lot of people collecting my art because I used to do art shows around Dallas at the same time in an area called Deep Ellum. I had an art studio Sorry. there. So uh, shut, up. shut up, Cortana. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good, brother. Computers be eavesdropping on us trying yeah. to get all this data. Don't so get me I, started on that, dog. Yeah. You know what you mean. <laughs> so I used to... Uh, I used to come to work and I used to bring these canvases and I used to paint them. I used to paint all the time. I still paint a lot, but I always painted while I was in the in the NFL. And one day, like like the and they used to always be like, "Oh, you're not focused because you like to paint." Like, what does painting have to do with not doing? F- now they want guys to meditate and things like that. Like, pain is a form of meditation. Yes. Like I used to do all this stuff and they'd be like, "Oh, you gotta just look at the playbook. Why are you doing art?" But I used to bring the art. And one day I came in the locker room and I had this big old piece. I forgot who was about to buy it. Um, it wasn't Pac-Man, but it was somebody, whatever, had this big piece sitting in my locker and I come from getting taped. And when I come out, Charles Haley is in my locker and he like, and I guess someone of the Cowboys told him like, oh, go talk to the young book about focusing. But he ain't always oh. in the wrong young book. So he took that. <laughs> so he grabbed my canvas and threw it like, what is this? You need to focus on football. You lying, bro. <laughs> bro, I swear oh. to God, I said, I said, Charles. I'm not the one. Hey, I about to. I went to grab. I went to grab Charles. He ain't never had a man grab him like he was like. Oh, you know, like that's not what I was expecting. He thought he was gonna come in and try to punk somebody or whatever. They had to get like Ratliff and hey, they was like, let him slide, let him slide. I'm like, bro, you don't come in here. I swear to God, I will whoop your. You know, what I'm saying you crazy, but hey, crazy get knocked out too. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm crazy too. Like we both crazy. I, I was pissed off, man. That, that the whole thing. So. Um, I ended up letting him slide, but after that, he he always came to be differently after that. But I almost had to put hands on Charles Haley one day. I ain't <laughs> if there's a Hall of Famer or not. If you don't touch my artwork, so I'm sensitive about my about my. You know, you what I'm saying? should so, be man. You creative man, dog. I can't believe you put hands on Charles Haley, man. You put yeah, hands about, on Hall of Fame. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, about, so yeah, yeah. That was a good time. I was I was wild. Obviously, I won a Super Bowl. You know, with your brother. Um, Michael Bennett, mm-hmm. man, good friend of mine, cool dude, um, all, 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 awesome leader in the locker room. To have a, a, a brother in the National Football League, bro, like, were you guys like super competitive as young as as, as young people? Like, how, how what was it like having a guy that also went to the National Football League grow up with you? It's got to be some stories there, man. Yeah, Mike and I were never competitive with one another. We've always been our biggest, even to this day. Like, I talk to Michael every single day for a couple hours. I I just tell him I was about to hop on with you a few seconds ago. He just called me. Um, But we have a really good relationship. I feel like Michael's like the ultimate big brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just a good big brother. He's very, he like... He's like the glue to the family. I'm a staple. I pick and choose which part of the family I want to be in, pull myself out. You know what I'm saying? Michael, he gets all the family together and do all that stuff. Like, he's like that type of guy. And I'm very much, I'm the least judgmental person in our household or in the family. I just don't really yeah. care about much. You know, it's just like, at the end of the day, it's all small things. But like, growing up, it was just very much a tag team thing, right? You know, Hardy Boys, you know, like, you know, Brett and Owen Hart type things. Like, that's the kind of oh, stuff we used to get into. Yeah, we used to run through the streets. Um, 
we used to just we did everything that, like we just were road dogs like because we moved a lot as kids uh-huh. so if you wasn't on good terms with your brothers i ain't about to, i'm always gonna be a good term with my brother i don't know what these other dudes here are gonna do you know what i'm saying like this is a whole new neighborhood uh, one person one person i've been able to depend on in my entire in my of my entire life like no doubt the only the person that i've always been able to count on no matter where i was in life or what was going on in my life has always been my brother like we've been in, we're roommates in college you know what I'm saying? Which was crazy. I was like, these dudes, man, these dudes live like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, y'all can't be living like this. You know what I'm saying? It's been wilding out here. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so Mike, you know, he's in Hawaii. He lives in Hawaii. He just started doing his furniture design. He's been designing. I've been helping him out now. Like he's been getting on the creative space, trying to tap into all the things that he has to offer creative, uh, creatively. And I've just been making sure that like, you know, that mindset and also being a guy for retiring, you know, like, yeah. you know, I've been retired. My mindset's like football didn't mean as much to me as it meant to Michael. Um, mm. And that was because like, you know, Michael was an underdog. Like he developed his name through, you know, the ranks of football, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. While me, I always had all this outside stuff going on and I just love to compete and play football, but I could, football could be lost for me at any time. And I would still just continue to be who I was, you know what I'm saying? Like that type of thing. But I think for him, Football have like the friendships he made. Like I didn't make. I don't have many. I don't have many friends. Like there's nobody from the NFL that is a friend of mine really <laughs> to this day, right? No, like not nobody that really just talked to me or check yeah. in. Like a, I ain't get. I ain't develop brothers. You know, like you know, uh, it's interesting you say that because my my next question to you was going to be along those lines. Throughout your career, your personality was on display. I covered you when you were with the Giants. You came mm-hmm. from the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and I don't know that we knew what kind of personality was coming in to that locker room. The reporters didn't. We mm-hmm. found out quickly and we were like, oh, this guy's great. He's a good quote. You know, he's a good personality. <laughs> he's fun to talk to. And then it was like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. Do you feel like the players looked negatively upon that over your career more so than, than positively? No, I think most guys, more guys aspire to be like me, to have that freedom to say whatever they want to say and move the way they wanted to move. And, and and to do it with integrity. So I think a lot of guys looked up to me as a as a model of like what it could be like if they didn't give a damn about some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my brother, um, but like in New York, like I think a big thing that people realize is they didn't realize is people didn't realize I was really, really smart. <laughs> right. I get bored. I get bored talking to people. So like there was just like this, this stigma around me not being intelligent when the actual inside in the media, but inside of the NFL, the stigma was like he's too intelligent to control. Mm-hmm. And that became a negative thing. Right. Being too smart or like they don't want guys who think for themselves in the NFL. Like, yo, it's easier to control everybody when they think so for themselves. When you got a guy who's an anomaly in that, it, it messes up the matrix. Right. I've become Neo. Right. And now I'm Neo in the yeah. NFL because I, you know, I encourage guys to look at things differently. Like I'm not the guy you vote for for a team captain because you can't control me. Right. Because like mm-hmm. most of the team captains that guys or guys that are in the coaches' pockets, I'm not in the coaches' pockets. I work for my teammates. I work for the coaches. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, like coaches, one coach told something, said something to me one time. I said, Coach, first of all, I don't know who the hell you're talking to. Don't ever talk to me like that because we're coworkers. You're not my boss. Mm-hmm. You don't sign my check. The same person mm-hmm. who writes your checks, write my I'm checks. Not. Right. So we're coworkers trying to coexist for the same cause. Like you're not there's no hierarchy in here with the coach. Like you don't make no plays, fool. Like you don't catch the ball. You can't run. You can't do none of the you asking me to do. So when you ask me to do this, let's come with some respect and let me know that these the ones who 
But the ones who coach can't. Mm-hmm. The ones who do can. You know what I'm saying? And the game is played on grass, not on paper. So there was a lot of stuff like I had a coach tell me, he's a terrible coach. Everybody's finally <laughs> noticing how bad he is as a coach. But I had a coach tell me one time before a morning, because uh, what, what happened was I hated when coaches would try to call out younger players and like especially young black players and try to like diminish their their ego or yeah. like the the person that they are because of they want to put their foot on their neck and have some type of control. Like we need to get this guy to do this. When the biggest thing is to allow people to be themselves and to be able to just, most coaches aren't good with people. They're not good people, pe- um, good people, people. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like I had a coach tell me before a meeting, like coach will make a mistake, like back up, I'm going to take you to the giants. So I learned this. So the one thing I picked up for Jason Witt was to take, meticulous notes i'm a really good note taker always been a good note taker because i like to know what the hell is going on yeah but when i went to the giants my first year as a starter they had these plays that kevin gilbride used to call and this is why you used to throw a lot of interceptions because you had the option to run a post or dig and this and eli don't know what you're doing i don't know what i'm doing whoa whoa you had option routes downfield that far downfield post against against quarters what Exactly. So it's like if you could run past, if you feel like you could go past the safety, go past the safety. But I'm a tight end half the time, quarters. I'm like, hey, I ain't getting past that safety. I know if I ain't beat you in the first six yards, hey, you might as well just throw a back shoulder ball or like, you know what I'm saying? Like I always tell tight ends, you don't have to be, you only got to be fast for 10 yards. Right. Like everything else, you know, is like, it's, it's obsolete. Like I watch tight ends today and it's just ridiculous. But anyway, so. We run this route, and it's like, if it's this, you do this. If it's do that, you do that. And it's like post corner dig, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you got the skill to run this route. I was like, man, it's stupid. Because if I'm looking at the safety, now it's just a judgment thing. Yep. Right? And it's not a body language thing because I can't tell the quarterback what I'm going to do because I don't know until I get to the last moment. He's getting pressure. He's going to have to think about it. So that's why there was a lot of picks in that offense because of that option route. But one time we had, if you run in, if it's quarters, and you could split the two safeties, you run the post. Unless it was Akeem Nix at the time, the X, playing the Z or the X. He's playing the Z. It is Z number one on outside. If he's running a post, you can't run a post. So one day we get to a meeting. I'm just play up. I'm just switching to a new offense. It's not going well, right? It's like, I'm like, is this a dig? I'm really like, what is dig, post, post, go, oh, eat that. It's like, and then they try to change the way I run. It's talking about I take short steps. Because I, I got long legs. I said, if you play tight end, you have to take short steps because you get hit five yes. times before you run the route. Anytime the tight end, you'd be like Bambi out there trying to take these long strides. I could tell a tall guy could play tight end or not if it by his stride. You open up when you get the ball. right? Once I get the ball, yeah. But until then, it's choppy. I got to move a lot. Go. I don't know which way I'm going to go. So anyway, I'm messing this play up. You know, every day, oh, I'll get it right, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But after a while, I get it. I got it. You know what I'm saying? I figure it out. All right, this is what they want to do. Even if I, I just – Trust it. So fast forward to this was during like uh, OTAs. Uh-huh. Right. So and then we get the training camp and the play with the Z and the post comes out. And Gilbride is like, oh, we got this guy here playing tight end and he can't run the route. He can't get it right. What are what? you supposed to do in this play? And then in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to run a post on that. So I got all I'll kick all my football notebooks to every meeting. So I open my he go he goes on at the finish chewing me out. So I get the I go back in my notebook. It's like, oh, June 26th, don't run a post. If so, I raise my hand. Hey, yo, coach, can you go back for a second? I got a question. On June 26th, you said if the Z is running a the post, there you go. I can't run a post. 
And then he just turned red, right? He turned red. And then Eli turns around. He's like, yeah. Like, because I kind of finally stopped. It was that moment like, oh, no, he knows this shit. So I love it. Ever since then, I always take notes on every. I've, I take notes on everything. I scouted all my teammates. I did everything. I take notes on everybody. If you want to scout a report on a guy, because I had to beat them at practice. If you yeah. have bad hips, I'm going to attack your bad hips as your teammate every single day until you fix it. <laughs> you competing, man. Hey, <laughs> Jeezy, as you could tell, him and I will be really good friends talking about spirituality, the universe, meditating, and all that type of stuff. We're not going to get into it on this podcast. Bro, I wanted to play with y'all. Man, when I came, y'all won that Super Bowl. I came to the games, uh-huh. and I was in the locker room. I, remember. I, remember. I was like, I, first of all, they let me in the locker room. And I was like, that's crazy, because I was on another team. I was on the Bears. But when I came in y'all locker room, I was like, bro, I want to be a part of this. Like, it's just a bunch of free brothers in here. There's 25 boom boxes going yeah, on. And we <laughs> ran the team, dog. Like, we yeah. ran it. No coaches were allowed in the locker room. I was like, I would thrive in this environment, because it's a bunch of alphas. Yeah. Right? You get on some teams, coach don't want a lot of alphas. They only want to sprinkle alphas in because well, they want to be the alpha. Up. Talking about that now, you did play with Bill Belichick. You're a guy that you don't like to be controlled. A lot of us don't like to be controlled like that. Talk about kind of your relationship with Bill Belichick and your time in New England because from the outside looking in, personalities may not match. We were a match made in heaven. Get the hell out of you lying. 100, 100%. Dog. Me and Bill had no issues whatsoever. In fact, I'm the only person who went to Bill's office to talk to him on during lunch. <laughs> Why? What were you going to talk to him about? About anything. That dude's smart, bro. Like, he just, like, he just a really good. I like old people, first of all. Yeah, me too. Uh, I like old people because they have a lot of stories, a lot of information, a lot of wisdom. Um, but me and Bill, like the Patriots, they didn't try to control me in any way. They just let me be who I was because the only thing they cared about was, can you play football? And I liked that because my entire career, everything, everybody else didn't care about me playing football. They cared about everything else. Everything else. Mm-hmm. Here they was like, Bill's like, I don't give a like, you know, just go play football and be on time. And those are never, those are never things. No one ever talked about me being late. No one ever said I didn't know the playbook. No one ever said I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't play football. Everybody's like, oh, he's a big personality. He likes all these things. And that became issues in other places. But here it was just like, I'm like, oh, my Bill, he showed my um, film to the um, team when I finished my first at family day. They played my film there. My books were in the in the um, Patriots pro shop. I was the first one to really broker a deal what? with the NFL. I got my books in the pro shop. Like, I, I mean, it was like, that was like, they kind of supported my, the only other team that ever did that for me, and I never really wanted to leave because they also had the best food, was the New York Giants. No organization you, had, man. they supported me. Like, I was saying, Texas, you could be a horse, but in New York, you could be a unicorn. Uh. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Well, we both find this interesting because I think we both think of Bill Belichick as your traditional NFL football only guy. Mm -hmm. So and and I, I, I always got the sense that you guys definitely hit it off when you were there and it was no BS. And, and now you're confirming that because who cares what, what you say now? I mean, not, you know, you were always no, unfiltered. Yeah. Now you're call, really unfiltered. I called Bill, last, not last year, but before the pandemic, I called Bill because I had a, I was working on ice cream. It might have been last year. I had ice cream come out in Boston at Oddfellows. I did a happy flavor. I created my own ice cream flavor package and everything. That's dope. And I told Bill, I called Bill one day. I was like, yo, Bill, I got this ice cream coming out and I might be able to make it down there. Will we better do like an ice cream day at training camp. And he was like, well, Martellus, I don't know. Call Burge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. Call He's like, it sounds cool. Uh, you made ice cream. Great. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's always been like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, Bill to me was always like a – he didn't try to be your dad. Like, a lot of these coaches got white hero complexes where they try to be father figures for players. I don't need you to be my dad. Like, I don't need a dad. My dad's at home. Like, I'm, and by this time, I'm, I'm 25, 26. What am I going to do with a dad? <laughs> <laughs> so I used to tell – I had to tell Mark, trust me that. Yo, Mark, look, just be a coach. We're not out here. Nobody always wants you to come out. You got to go, go be a father to your daughters. Like, I don't need you to be a father to me. Mm. I just came here to play football. I don't care about all this you be talking about, all this other – that has nothing to do with actually playing football that doesn't bother me. Do I show up? The year they suspended me. I'm like, I catch, I caught 90 balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of that matters to me. Like, it's just like, I'm not going to be, you know, but I am who I am. And I'm going to change for y'all because of, you know, you have this idea of what kind of human beings we should be. Like, everybody, mm-hmm. like, if you look at tight end rooms around the NFL, the personality types are usually pretty spot on. You got the the gregarious one who dances, et cetera, et cetera. You got the kind of big buff dude who blocks and drives this pickup truck because he ain't really getting paid like that. He don't know. He don't know what luxury looks like, right? Then you got the young, the young, cool backup tight end who who can't get right. If he could get it right, you know what I'm saying? He'd be like, if he could just get right. And then you have the solid guy who just kind of all around, but the, it's like all but every single room in the NFL, every position. Is the same. So what happens is when a guy doesn't look like every position in all these rooms, then it becomes a problem. That's when you start talking like a Cam Newton, right? He doesn't carry himself like a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Because he's breaking the norms of what a quarterback should be like. Or if, uh, you know, or different types of positions or like 
if a guy doesn't talk much or like, you know, Namdi Asawa, who people mm-hmm. had issues with because he didn't like to be, he wasn't a locker room guy because he didn't want to play trash kid basketball, <laughs> trash can basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> bro, he's over there reading Edgar Allan Poe. Y'all yeah. should be more like yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Real you talk, know what I'm saying? Man. So like now he's an actor, right? If you can see like, you can see the guys who kind of like have multiple interests that want to get in things. And, and there's nothing wrong with being a football guy, but I was never a football guy. I just love to play football. But I was also the last class of blue collar football players, right? Well, my brother was the year after me. They, the last class of guys who actually do two days in the NFL, full pads, like to be initiated, the, the original, the OG way where, you know, you might be in a bull ring with DeMarcus Ware blocking them yep. one-on-one. Now you get blocked one-on-one, they blow the whistle before someone get tossed down. It yep. used to be like, they'll step on your neck, put their foot on your throat <laughs> and let you know, and then help you up and be like, welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the league, bro. I went 26 straight two-a-days my rookie year in 2006. That's what I'm 26 saying. straight, man. That was a different way of playing football now. I think it was. I think you were with the Bears before you got before you got traded to to, to the Patriots. How'd you find out about getting traded, man? Is there any story there about how'd you make the trend? You know how you went from Chicago to, to New England? Yeah, I mean, I was house shopping in L.A. I was just about to get ready to buy his house. Um, <laughs> what? Which yeah, I was I was in the middle of walking up and down the stairs. Crazy thing is, I actually ended up buying the house two years later. Later. So, yeah, because I didn't buy the house because I was like, well, we can trade it. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole nother move. Like, I, we got to put this on hold. So they called me. I was walking up and down the stairs of the house. I just sold the house. I moved to Houston. I just sold the house that I was looking to buy when I got traded in. So I just traded the house for another spot myself. <laughs> but um, uh, so I'm, I'm walking up these stairs like, man, this marble floor is nice or whatever. My phone ring It's a phone number I don't uh, know, yeah. but it called me twice. Cause I just push ignore the first time. Cause if I'm carrying my daughter, she heavy. You know how kids go; they just die on you in the middle of a house tour. Yep. Like how the hell you like? You can't set them on someone else's couch. You know what I'm saying? I'm carrying this around the house everywhere. Like so, they, they call me they double. They double in weight when they do that. Too. Yeah. What? You know that's the and the house is like three story tier like that. So I'm walking Ooh. up and down the stairs like this. And I'm like, man, this girl tripping. So anyway, so I get the call and it's like, oh, you've been traded. I'm like, all right, cool. So I pull my wife to the side like, hey, I don't know. We should be looking at this house. I just got traded. We're going to have to figure out going to Boston. So I thought that was it. So my daughter, my birthday and my daughter's birthday around the same time in March, which is trade, free agency, everything. So we're going to Disney World, right? Well, I'm at Disney World the next day or whatever. And then I get another call saying, hey, you need to come to Boston. And I'm just like, I can't. I'm at Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what you I got mean? Going on, man. Hey, yeah. Can I come next week? <laughs> they was like, they was like, well, it doesn't work like that. I was like, I've never been traded before, so I don't know how it works. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, you got to come. I was like, well, I'm not coming. I'm here with my family. My family comes first. I'm not coming to New England to do no MRI. Y'all just gonna have to deal with it when y'all deal with it. And then so Bill was like, oh, let me call you back. So like, I'm still at, I'm with Goofy now and Mickey Mouse, and we yeah. all chilling. And then he called me back. He's like, oh, you got to come. I was like, well, coach, I, I just can't do it. It's like, well, the trade won't go through, and we really need to get you here. I was like, well, coach, I can't help you. Yeah, I'm in <laughs> Disney, man. What you want me to do? So I, so I did. I'm like, all right, coach. I'm like, all right, coach, let me call you back. 
Let me call, talk to my wife. Like I'm paying for these tickets. Disney's expensive, bro. Like <laughs> y'all ain't give me no, y'all ain't give me, yeah, y'all not give me no pay raise. You know what I'm saying? So like, let me figure, let me figure this out. Not like it came with a new contract. If it came with a new contract, I probably would be right on the, you know. <laughs> but since there ain't no new contract involved, I don't know what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? So I talked to my wife, and then phone rings again, and it's Tom. Um, so then I talked to Tom. I was like, oh, what's up, man? What you doing? He's like, oh, man, just wanted to let you know I'm happy to get you here and looking forward to working with you. I've been a fan or whatever. I, I love the way you play, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was like, yeah, Tom. And they said I need to come out to uh, – you might know this. You've been around longer than I have. <laughs> I said they said I need to come out to Boston right now to get – they just traded for me. They need me to come out there for some MRI or it doesn't work. Is this real or is this some stuff that they just making up? To get me out there. He's like, nah, we got to get you out there. Make sure you're healthy, et cetera, et cetera. So then I was like, all right, but if they fly me out there, my next trip was supposed to be for Dallas. So I need them to fly me from Boston to where I'm about to go. I'm going to cancel yeah. my flight. So wherever I'm going next, it's on them. So, um, cause we was like in the middle of traveling family stuff. So I went on, went out there and was out there for 15 hours and left. It was like, I flew all across the country. I had like 20 bags. Cause we had planned out all this stuff here. I am flying across country, leaving my wife and daughter behind. That's a, that's the one thing people don't really realize about like moving in the NFL. It's not just you. It's the entire family that has to learn a whole new neighborhood. I played for five teams, um, which I actually, a lot of people be like, Oh, you're a journeyman. No, I'm an independent contractor fool. Yep. I'm not a journeyman. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'll go. Whoever got the check. If I worked at Apple and Dell offered me more money and had the same benefits as, as, Apple, as Apple, I'm going to Dell. Like, you know, the culture the same. Like, I don't care. Y'all ain't got to get me sucked in into this, this thing that y'all talking about. I'm not loyal to no team. They all owe me money. I ain't tripping. <laughs> like, people are like, oh, how can you, could you play for, how you play for the Bears and the Packers? I'll play for whoever name on the check. You know what I'm yep. saying? Because <laughs> all it is, we're consultants at a position. I'm a tight end consultant. Hey, if I've been here consulting for a number of times, they feel like they don't need me to consult at the position. I got to upgrade my product to find someone else who wants me to consult there at the position go. for them. And that's all it is. If more guys could just think about it that way, the business of the NFL would be more beneficial to the players. As you can tell, Martellus Bennett has a lot more to say. Listen for all of that on the next episode. For more insight with a locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. And join us for NFL Total Access weekdays at 7 p.m. on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.